Welcome to the Cornerstone Baptist Church podcast. My name is Justin Wheeler, and I am the preaching pastor for Cornerstone. Today, we are in week 51 of our journey through the Heidelberg Catechism. Today, I'm going to be talking to you about question 126. Uh, and this week, we're, we're continually working our way through the Lord's Prayer from Matthew 6, verses 9 through 13. And as we've been doing the last few weeks, we're going to focus on one particular phrase. This week, the phrase is, forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. So question 126 is this, what is this fifth petition? And the answer is, forgive us our debts as we have also forgiven our debtors means, because of Christ's blood, do not hold against us, poor sinners that we are, any of the sins that we do, or the evil that constantly clings to us. Forgive us, just as we are fully determined, as evidence of your grace in us, to forgive our neighbors. Now, that's a, that's a great response, a great answer. And it, it's got all kinds of little details in there that help us to understand the posture of our hearts and the posture of our minds and, and our understanding of God's grace and forgiveness for us and how we appropriate that. Uh, but, but here's the bottom line. This whole idea of forgiveness, forgive our debts um, and let us forgive others. The whole idea of forgiveness is at the very heart of the Christian gospel, and obviously it's, it's also at the very heart of the Christian life. And Jesus puts it right at the center of this prayer. And, and this particular petition, this particular phrase is sandwiched in between um, two other phrases. Uh, well, it's sandwiched in between our need for bread pun intended, and our need for spiritual protection. Let me read it to you uh, from the text. So in Matthew chapter 6, verses 11, 12, and 13 say this, Give us this day our daily bread, right? Jesus is teaching us to pray for the need that we have for bread, and forgive us our debts as we have forgiven our debtors. Now he's talking about a different need. And then he says, And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Now he's talking about the need for protection in a spiritual sense. And so... I could be wrong, but it seems that Jesus wants us to pray in three ways here. He wants us to pray for our body, the needs of our body. He wants us to pray for our heart, the, the needs that we have to, to be forgiven. And then he wants us to pray for our soul, this ongoing work uh, of spiritual life, right? So he wants us to pray for our body, heart, and soul. And last week, we discussed this need that we have for physical nourishment. We, we discussed our need for daily bread, and we, we discussed the fact that Jesus wants us to know a couple of things. Number one, God is concerned with even the most basic need that we have, and he's proven that throughout history, not only in our lives, but also in the lives of his people in Israel. Um, and he also wants us to understand not just that we have these needs and that God cares about those needs, but he wants us to understand that we often take these basic needs of, of life for granted, and yet every single gift that we have, everything we are and everything we have comes as a gift from God's hand. And that's what we looked at last year, I mean last week, and we discussed the fact that we take a lot of this for granted. Um, now, the second part of this prayer focuses not just on the needs of the body, but on the needs of the heart. And the primary need we have is that we need our sins to be forgiven. We need forgiveness. And we need God to soften our hearts so that we can forgive others. And Jesus wants us to pray for this. He wants us to pray and remember this. He says, as you know, when you pray, pray like this. So he, this is a re repetitive prayer. He, he wants us to pray that God would forgive us 
and that we would forgive others. But he uses a word here. Some of you may have memorized this prayer in a different translation, and you memorize it, um, forgive us our trespasses. Well, the word is actually debts. That's the best way to um, translate the, the Greek term here. It's debt. It's, uh, it has this financial connotation to it. And he says that we need to pray for God to forgive us our debts. What does that mean? What do we owe God? And we need to forgive those who are indebted to us, that owe us something. Okay, so Forgiveness is one of those words that we use so often that it has a tendency to lose something of its meaning. Um, I'll illustrate it this way. As a father, I instruct my children to forgive one another all the time, but I don't always define what it means. I mean, obviously, sometimes if my kids have done something wrong, um, you know, I have them make restitution in a certain way. So that's kind of the repentance side of it. Um, but but a lot of times I don't I don't do that I don't define it and therefore we or my kids may come away thinking that to forgive someone simply means that we act like they didn't do anything wrong when in fact they did something wrong um, if they took something that didn't belong to them or they ate uh, a snack that was de- designated for their sibling. Uh, they can't get that back. It, it's gone. They did something wrong, and there's a res- uh, you know there's a responsibility on the other end of that. And and what we need to do is we need to understand forgiveness in its biblical concept. And the biblical concept behind forgiveness is that we owe a debt, and that one way or another that debt must be paid. Right. Every human being here's the here's the biblical story. Every human being has an obligation moral obligation, an eternal moral obligation to obey the commands of our Creator. And when we fail to do so, we fall into debt. And Jesus is making that connection here in his model prayer when he uses the term debt. God forgive us our debts. Before God, we owe a debt on account of our sin. When we sin against God, we are building up more and more debt. Every lie, every hateful thought, every disobedient action, all of these things are plunging us into deeper and deeper debt before God. And the Bible uses this language that the price to be paid for that debt, the price to be paid to set us free, if you will, um, to make up that debt is death and judgment. It even uses the, the financial terminology, the wages of sin is death, right? So this is the biblical concept of the problem we find ourselves in and the need we have of forgiveness. We need the debt that we have incurred before God based on our sin. We need that debt to be addressed in a way that it is forgiven. It is washed away or it is cleansed. It is lifted off of our shoulders. And so we can go back to the verse I started to read a minute ago. The wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus. And so in his life... Jesus never went into debt before God. He kept the law perfectly. And on the cross, he paid the price for sins, not his own sins, but for the sins of all those who believe, for our sins. And when we come to see our sin and the the debt that it brings before God, and we receive the free gift of forgiveness that Jesus offers us, that is when we are saved. All, All these terms are just biblical terms. When we are drawn to faith in Christ by the Spirit of God, by the Word of God, through the preaching of the Word of God, by believing in Him and turning from our sin, the Bible says that it is then that we are saved. Our debt is washed away, and we have been restored in our relationship to God. It says, 
that we are justified before God, the Bible. It says that we're justified, which means that we were declared to be righteous in his sight. We no longer owe the debt. The debt has been paid, and, and we, we are now back in right relationship. Our sins are forgiven. Christ's righteousness is credited to our account. So now we have money in the bank where we used to have a debt in the bank. And all of this is true in a legal sense, um, according to Scripture. But in a relational sense, we need to continually seek restoration and forgiveness. And that's what I, I believe why Jesus is teaching us to pray for forgiveness here. And I also think that's the point of 1 John chapter 1 and verse 8, where it says, if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves. And I think that's talking about that ongoing reality of sin. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, well, he is faithful and he is just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And so I think what's going on here in this particular prayer and, and what the Heidelberg is drawing out for us is that Jesus wants us to come to God confessing our sin and seeking forgiveness. But he also wants us to forgive others when they sin against us. He wants us to, in a sense, act like, like God acts toward us. He wants us to cancel their debt. He wants us to overlook their offense and to pardon someone for the wrong that they've done to us. And Jesus even tells us that our refusal to forgive others will keep God from forgiving us. Now, what does this mean? Does this mean that unforgiving people lose their salvation? Like if I claim to be a Christian and I trust in Christ by faith, but I can't forgive my, my neighbor for the sin he committed against me, does that mean I, I'm no longer saved? Like it, it invalidates my salvation. Well, I think it means, I don't think it means that. I think it means that a hard and unforgiving heart is evidence of someone who has never truly experienced God's forgiveness, or they have become so hardened by sin that they have forgotten, right? So either you've got an individual who's never truly understood the grace of God, or the circumstances of their life based on their sin, their ongoing sin as believers has just caused them to be calloused and hardened to others. And Jesus tells us a story about this kind of person. In Matthew 18, Jesus tells the parable of the unforgiving servant, uh, which was a man who had been forgiven a huge debt, but he turned around and he wickedly punished those who owed him just a little bit of money. And Jesus called the man wicked. He pointed out to him, he said, I showed you mercy because you pleaded with me, but you refused to show mercy to those who pleaded with you. And, and, and Jesus is pointing out here that this is, this is out of balance, there's something not right here. He ordered the man to go to prison because he was so unjust and wicked in receiving forgiveness but not extending forgiveness. And I think the point of that parable is that Jesus says an unforgiving heart reveals something of, a, of an unforgiven heart. If you have an unforgiving heart for others, it, it reveals that you just don't grasp the wonder of God's forgiveness. And that's a good word for all of us, right? I mean, there are people who've hurt us. There are people who've treated us so poorly that we've come away feeling inadequate, unworthy, unlovable. We have deep wounds that have somewhat healed, but they're always tender. And God wants us to forgive the people who have hurt us in this way. He wants us to accept their apology. He wants us to stop holding their sin against them. He wants us to let go of the bitterness that we feel towards them. He wants us to do this because we have grown to understand how much He, our God, has forgiven us. 
We grieved his heart. We ignored his love. We shook our fist in his loving and smiling face. We have insulted his wisdom, and we refuse to acknowledge his glory. We cheered with the crowd as Jesus was killed on the cross, but the Father's love has never wavered for us. He had a plan from before the foundation of the world that one day he would show us what we had done to him, and and he would cause us to see our sin for what it is, and he would turn our hearts so that we could see his amazing grace in Christ. By no merit of our own, God forgave us. He washed away our debt. He cleansed the stain that our sin had left behind, and he has welcomed us into his family, into his very own table. He has forgiven all those who receive Christ by faith. And as we grasp, or I should say, as we begin to grasp the weight of his forgiveness, he makes us able to forgive those who have sinned against us. And this is what the Lord's Prayer, or at least this part of it, is all about. The role of forgiveness in our hearts and through our lives. Now, thank you for joining me today to discuss this aspect of Christian prayer. Next week, we're going to finish up with the Lord's Prayer, and we're actually going to complete our journey through the Heidelberg. Um, I hope you will join me for that final discussion as we look at Lord's Day 52, questions 127, 128, and 129. Now, if you want to learn more about Cornerstone Baptist Church, you can find us online at cornerstonewiley.org. You can follow us on Twitter or Instagram at CBC Wiley, and you can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash cornerstone Wiley. You can also subscribe to this podcast or to our sermon podcast on iTunes or Google Play to stay up to date on all the new content. Thank you so much for listening.